Everyone got one, what's your opinion? This is the rare one, tongues won't be bitten Ain't no rules, just spill it and anybody can get it No limit, we get to kill it, you tuning into the thrillers And no, ain't no stopping, no. any topic, even the random We get to win. I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the rare room That's it, that's all I got to say What's up y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. <laughs> Look at my guest like an MG. <laughs> You're so giddy today. <laughs> and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? You're going to do it again on me. No, I'm just saying, uh, I just want the audience to know that Hilliard bought himself a brand new shiny gold microphone. <laughs> it is not gold. And uh, well, from where I'm sitting, and the light from the sun, the sun is reflecting off of it. And it looks really golden over there. It's silver. It's pretty. Is it silver? It's silver. Uh, is it silver? It's silver from my angle, but it is. Yeah. Blind. It's like <laughs> over here, it looks kind of like a goldy color. I'm just. It I'm goes just, with my ring that we haven't discussed yet. <sighs> I'm my partner gonna... proposed to me last week. Oh, look at you! <gasps> but I'm just, I'm just, I awesome. just want to make that observation to the mm-hmm. audience. It's just platinum. Don't worry about no. it. It's nothing, you know. <laughs> Color coordinated. <Yeah. laughs> now we we've been talking about forever that I was going to get a fourth mic because sometimes we have writing partners come on or whatever and they have to share a mic and I was like, fuck it, I'll just go get one. So I thought I was going to get the same one. It turns out they, they don't, don't have make, them. Anymore. They don't make those anymore. So I had to get. So you have to have the special one. That's well, the story he's telling. I yeah, bet you I'm if I was to go to it. that place right now and walk in like, do you have any more? Oh, yeah, we got a whole plethora. And I'm going to be like, No, mm-hmm. I asked for that one because I had to spend more money on this one. <laughs> have a, like a writing partner feud, it's harder to separate us out, too. That's all right. Exactly. I'll, just, I'll just take a picture of it and walk around like, do you have this? <laughs> so y'all know how we do it on The Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, Craft and what else? Shit, Shit like, like that. that. Yes, people. Since she didn't do the 2015. Oh, because I'm mm. so blinded by the bling of your your mm. microphone over there. Maybe you shouldn't be looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my girl Lisa Bolacaja. Hi, everybody. We call her the street nerdist. Yes. Why we call you that? Uh, well, because at most times I'm really quite nerdy, but when people just come at me in a certain way, I, I'll get straight real quick. <laughs> I will pull out the 45. You know, I'm Check talking about the, I'm talking about the beer, <laughs> <laughs> the dangling cigarettes, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like, look, we're just going to bring you some real honest goodness, and um, yeah. That's all. That's Thanks all. That. It's with love. I know people hear that and they think, oh my God, she just sounds so tough and great. Like, no, I'm really a loving and really, really nice she person. She's pretending I know. Know. I am great. Mm-hmm. Just come at me wrong and see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> That's her. Anyway, and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. So if you groan, let's get it in. Mm-hmm. So we got some cool guests here today. Um, really, really cool. Some two, two people that I met at the Writers Guild. Um, we both are on the education committee. Uh, be both. All of us are on the education committee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to talking to one of you. I know, it's like, eh, you're the person's not there. All right. <laughs> we got my girl, Cynthia Riddle. Do you go by Cindy? You I prefer? do. I do. So we'll Cynthia call you Cindy. Cynthia used to be when I was in trouble. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I run under uh-huh. Cynthia because it's my big person name. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then my man, Peter, how you say it? Hunziker? Hunz- 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 well, yeah. Hunziker? Any way you want. What is that? Because, what is it? That's yes. a great Swiss. name. Swiss? Oh, it's a great name. Yeah, yeah. You say it like it, it's like, you say it with yeah, such like disdain. It's Swiss. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like Gouda cheese. It's like Gouda. It's like, no, it's, exactly. it's a great name. Do you know what yeah. it means, perchance? Like, do you know the origin? It has something to do with raising hunting dogs. 
Huh. Ooh. Uh, that's all I can tell you. Well, okay, I may have to use as a There's character name. There's a little name. town uh, yeah. near Lucerne, Switzerland, called Hunziken. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Do I assume that that's where they're Okay. Happen? It's just a bus stop. <gasps> no, I love it. My family went to try to find it, and, and all Sounds it is is a bus stop. No, no, I love the etymology of names. So whenever I see really cool, unusual names, one, I always like to know where it comes from and like always ask me, do you know the meaning of it? And plus, I'm a writer, and I steal names. That's what I do. I, I steal them. And a lot of times I like to know the meaning of names. Even mm-hmm. if I don't use it in a short story or a script or explain it, mm-hmm. that subtext, that symbolism is there for me as a writer. Yeah, so I love names. Yeah, it's like they may not know what it means, but I know what it means. <laughs> I, I find naming your characters, too, is a lot easier than, than having children to name or animals or pets that oh God, you have yes. to walk to name. Yes. So, yeah, there you yes. go. That's funny. Awesome. Use up all those great names. And, you know, <laughs> well, names. you can kill off your character if you don't like it. You can't do that with your pet. Yeah, exactly. I, have my little, I, have a, I have a name journal. When I see really great names during the day, I just write it down. Like, I have a bunch and of We have, names. my partner and I, we've been together for 13 and a half years. Woo-hoo. And we have the gayest, gayest dog names. Malibu and Venice. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the pretty areas of town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know. But I mean, it's obvious. We'd be walking down the street with our dogs. And what's your dog's name? Malibu and Venice. And people are like, oh, they're so gay. <laughs> now, do they Malibu. have appropriate on, attitudes for their names? Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. You know, the Malibu's a black one. And they're like little terriers, kind of like the little Fraser dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the other one is Venice. And she's just like the sweetest you know, little one. But she'll she'll fight you, though. She's yeah. like, she's like, yeah. she's like Mal- Lisa. Malibu's hilarious, though, mm-hmm. because... Malibu's got like this really weird wiry hair mm-hmm. and, it's and matter it if looks you, great but it's white yeah no matter if you yeah. brush it or do whatever it's gonna do what it wants to do mm-hmm. I love that it's such a sweet and thing. I always want to groom her little ass mm-hmm. but Scott is like no leave her hair alone because it gets all mushy and it like falls in her eyes and I'm like can we cut that shit so she can see and he's like no and I'm she like, looks ah, fabulous We're here I'm a Virgo I want to make that shit perfect uh, <laughs> who cares the dog can see or not yeah, you know? exactly. fabulous we had a, a, a I had a dog named Kim who um, unfortunately, you know, passed away from old age last year. But mm-hmm. he was a little teeny tiny Pomeranian. It was the irony oh, of the name. Yeah. But he had this really fierce bark. Like uh-huh. when he was a little puppy, the the um, UPS man showed up at the door and was like, st- took a step back and was really terrified <laughs> when I opened the door expecting. He said, I was expecting a Rottweiler. And it was That's this little funny. ball of fur. expecting That's a 120 pound dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, we have Cindy and Peter on here. Um, their resume is crazy. It's ridiculous. I mean, you guys have done some really, really cool stuff. I'm just going to punch up Cute. a couple things just so they know who the hell we're talking to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those who don't know y'all, like I know y'all, like I heard about y'all, like I read about y'all, shit mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> so we're talking about they're both graduates of UCLA Film School. Mm-hmm. Both have um, BAs and MAs and MMAs. What's it, MA? MMA? They MFA. Fight? Is that what it is? Y'all MMAs? Of fine arts. <laughs> I didn't go to college, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I keep it ghetto with y'all. And MFA just means you're going to make a lot less money than if you had an MBA. That's the bottom line. Ah, okay. <laughs> business. And, yeah, All right. Yeah. So they both have MFAs, MBAs, and screenwriting and film production, um, um, stuff like that. Peter is also a director, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you directed some cool stuff that's won you some, some, some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about that just a little bit on the side note. Well, one of the early things I did was a short when I was at UCLA mm-hmm. uh, that was for the uh, Coca-Cola Refreshing Filmmakers contest, okay. and I won. It was the first winner from UCLA. Really? So I got to see my film uh, actually playing in 14,000 screens wow. nationwide, which was pretty cool. Like for what seven was weeks was that in the middle of summer weeks? during, like, before all the blockbuster films yeah. like that year was Pearl Harbor and Moulin yeah. Rouge and some cool films like that. Okay. So. Yeah, it was what, what was that about? 
Uh, well, I'll give you. Just give me the Cliff Notes probably longer than the actual fifty-second film, but <laughs> it's about a woman who lives out in the middle of nowhere in a trailer, and mm-hmm. she likes to watch game shows all day long. And we're watching her watch this game show, and she's answering these ridiculously impossible questions one after the other perfectly. She's mm-hmm. brilliant, and um, she's completely delusional. So when she thinks she got them all right, she thinks she won a million dollars. And then the punchline is she rewinds the tape and she starts again. And this is just what she does all day long. Uh, this was back when VHS was a thing. But it's actually funnier <laughs> yeah. now that it's not a thing, you know. <laughs> wow. That's right. so that you was, probably you probably seen it as much as you go to the movies. She, oh God. she one of them cinephiles, y'all. So. I love oh, yeah. movies. I love well, movies. So <laughs> the woman we got to play it, who's now become a very good friend, is um, Cindy produced it, by the way. Yeah, so. I did. I was okay. going to say I was involved in my own way on that one. Um, uh, the woman is, um, shall we say, kind of Melissa McCarthy esque, hefty, okay. and and one of the funniest you know, comic actresses around too. Mm-hmm. And she does this whole dance when she tells her husband she's won the million dollars and throws popcorn up in the air and it's like this whole big thing. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of accentuates the fact when you realize that she's kooky. Yeah, it's just an exercise <laughs> in extreme delusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yes. And also you guys have written and produced projects for like CBS, Hallmark, Hall of Fame, Lifetime, Showtime, MGM, Stars. I mean, I keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back and talk about how you guys got into the game and how you guys became writing partners, if you don't really quit. Uh, when That's I was, enough. Sure. No, <laughs> we don't do really quit. <laughs> you know, because you got to do something to put yourself through film school. When I was mm-hmm. um, in the MFA program at UCLA, I was also working for a computer software company. Okay. Um, I was in charge of their, their VP of marketing, and I used to travel around the country and do trade shows, and I also did videos for them, you know, promo you know, everything you, you do now, you put together a commercial for it, essentially. Right. So I did a lot of those. And Peter at the time was the head of the computer programming department. Um, so he, he's actually got a lot of computer experience. And, yeah. and we just got to know each other and got to talking. And weirdly, he'd been writing a lot of scripts himself before then. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I was studying as well. And um, we never, when we set out, we never really set out to be partners. We kind of fell into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, really weird story on that. Um, when I was I was working as an exec at MGM for a while. After this is after the computer software company. Oh, we'll have to talk about that too. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was a studio exec, and I was also trying to find projects on my own to set up. Mm-hmm. And um, we had seen this uh, episode of Dateline, right? It was Dateline. About, a, about the plane crash of TWA Flight oh, yeah. 800 mm-hmm. um, and ended up selling that story to Lifetime. But it was really much more Peter finding and identifying the story because mm. when he had worked after the computer software company, he did some computer work for Warner Brothers in their international department. And he was supposed to be on Pan Am Flight 103, the one that was blown up over yeah. Lockerbie, Scotland. Oh, wow. He and one of his co-workers. So it was personal to him. Yeah. yeah. So the weird thing was that... Skipping when this, over so much when fun the, stuff. In the no, I'll, I'll let you talk in <laughs> a second right. then. I'll just finish my quick story here then. But um, yeah, so we had seen the story and it reminded him so much of his own experiences because basically what happened is this um, woman's husband and son had stayed behind to close a business deal. It was kind of the opposite of what had happened to him. Mm. He stayed behind for a business meeting and it saved his life. These people ended up on TWA Flight 800. So we sold that to to Lifetime and it was kind of the first thing that it made sense for us to work on mm. together. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me just ask you, um, so... Because you guys went from one thing to another, so how did you... Because I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys, our show is all about how 
Like, how did you do stuff? Right. Because a lot of people come on and go, then I got an agent, then I did. I'm like, no, motherfucker. How? Right. So how did you get to Lifetime and how did that happen? What was the process? If you don't mind me asking. Either one of you. Well, that one. <laughs> I just want to mention one sure, go thing ahead. that I think is interesting is that I was an early computer nerd, you know, back in the day and became a software engineer when I was 17. Okay. And that's oh my when God, I was 17. But the part yeah. that's interesting is that we at one, when the company folded, mm-hmm. not my fault, we went on to do our own <laughs> things, and then, like Cindy said, she ended up working at Columbia, and I just okay. happened coincidentally to be working at Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. which is right across the street. So mm-hmm. we sort of, fought, I was working in the international um, distribution division at the time. Okay. So we just happened to follow along the same tracks, and you know, kept running into each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and when we first tried, we we actually had an opportunity to. Um, try to write a spec script together. Um, his mom, and this is weird because all these years later, I just co-hosted an event at the Writers Guild with this woman. Um, one of his mother's friends was a, a showrunner, I believe, on Cagney and Lacey at the time, cool. and knew that that he was, um, you know, a writer. So mm-hmm. we were going to try to spec a script and and have her take a look at it. You mm-hmm. know, it's in this business, everything is about relationships and mm-hmm. you know and having somebody do it. But our attempt to do that is we, we've had to learn how to work as a team together because we literally argued about every single word before it went down on the page. So we went to the beach one day to try to write there. We thought it would be a good, quiet environment. Oh, and literally, yeah. we came back with a half a sentence after right. like three hours at the beach total, and a sunburn. A total genius idea for a spec, and we literally never got through it. And, oh, and so yeah. we've learned the way we write together. I mean, I think this is about you yeah, talking ahead, about the going. process. Mm-hmm. The way we tend to work together is one or the other of us will take the lead on something. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I tend to do the first draft on things, although not recently, but mm-hmm. um, just because I'm a little bit better at facing the, the blank page. <laughs> and he's really great at polishing. I mean, we kind of have our uh, skills kind of dovetail each other. Mm-hmm. We have different skills in different areas. Mm-hmm. But see, that that's we, we talked about a lot when we've had a lot of writers, writing partners on. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is always the best writing partners when somebody has a strength that you don't yeah. or the access to, you know, to finish when you're closed, you know, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. You know, they just have something opposite to you. Yeah. It just usually works he, for He's great right. at notes, too, and mm-hmm. but, but they're scary notes. Like, I always have to, like, brace myself for hearing what he has to say. But. Well, I was going to say, and she's also a lot better at letting me mess with her shit. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. 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 You got to be. Well, I'm like, yeah. what the hell did you do to my scene? You know? <laughs> right. Right. No, no, no. No, sometimes, I mean, I tell this story, um, I, you know, I teach screenwriting um, at the New York Film Academy, too, and mm-hmm. I tell this story sometimes to my class <clears throat> when they're telling me that they want to they have a writing partner and they want to work together. I tell this is my funny story, which is that he and I tend to sometimes, you know, work in the same room mm-hmm. and I'll email my first draft baby to him. And he'll <laughs> email uh, and he's in hours, the same room. <laughs> hours and hours will go by and he's over there typing and typing and typing and typing and typing. And all of a sudden I'll go, what are you doing? It was great. Don't change a word. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing all that typing? And he'll email it back to me and I'll read it and I'll go, Oh yeah, this is a lot better because <laughs> he'll do it with the tracking on. So right. I see in red what right. he's changed and right. how he's changed it. So he's really good at that, and mm-hmm. I've learned to to not be so defensive yeah. and and yeah. kind of, you know, uh, you know. Conversely, I have my pluses too. We we had an assignment that we were working on a project we sold to Disney Channel a bunch mm-hmm. of years ago, and um, it was a football story. Oh really? And I am a real sports fanatic. My dad, I was like an only child and my dad and I watched football together all the yeah. time and I know everything there is to uh, know about mm-hmm. football and I'm like a football freak. Mm-hmm. 
he didn't like football. Really? So it was one of those things because we're a male female uh, team, sure. and we'd be in a meeting with a bunch of people, and I would tell him before we went into the meeting, "Don't you dare answer any <laughs> questions any about football. Please. Football questions, you Do shut your mouth. Yeah. Shut yeah. Your and mouth. it was hilarious because you know, and it was a room of men and women, you know, various execs, and they would all look to Peter they would look with him. Yes, you know, football and really. the football had, thing, and Peter. Yeah. They all looked to Peter, and then I would pipe up, and the whole room like. All of them would like, oh, you know, look over at me like, why is she talking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did all the mushy romance scenes. So. Mm-hmm. so, you know, we like to play against type, but I, like I said, I think we do have complimentary things. Right. I tend to sometimes write the action things, although lately he's been writing some great action. So, mm-hmm. But to just back up, you asked a question about like our first projects and things sure. like that. Like, um, how did you get it to Lifetime? Like, how did Yeah, well, I mean, just to even take a step back, I always knew I wanted to be a writer, like from, okay. you know, when I was in second grade I have a quick funny story about you know I would go to the back actually it was my second time in second grade because I flunked it the first time Um, (laughs) but we had a computer in the back of our classroom and I would like go back during the break and Mm -hmm. I'd be you know just back there like typing up a short story and I got in deep shit because the teacher like the break would end and the teacher would be like you know you have to get back to class and be like I have to find out what happens and literally that was that was like that was my (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) literally it was the first experience of like going I actually don't know what the story is, it's telling me, you know, mm, and the okay. takes over. Mm-hmm. So I love that whole idea. So anyway, um, as I said, I became a software engineer when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, then I started consulting for the studios. And I was making so much money. And I was flying all over the place. Whoa, it was really whoa, great. Whoa, whoa. Wait. Where are my tampas in at? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, I wasn't right. I mean, I was actually, software writing is really similar in a weird way, but um, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Okay. So once the plane crash thing happened, mm-hmm. it really was like a wake-up call. And mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. when I found out about the Disney um, contest, which okay. back at that time was a feature contest. Mm-hmm. And the deadline was like, mm-hmm. what, 15 days away or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. I just got my shit together, wrote a script for it. And so you wrote it in 15 days? I I was probably less than that. <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. When I, I look love at that. It now, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He does like this. He, he wrote. That's how, yeah. We had a project last year, the, the Brittany Murphy story that was on Lifetime. Um, and he did the heavy lifting because the, the deadlines we were on, I was actually teaching a lot then. Mm-hmm. So he wrote five of the eight acts and I wrote three. Mm-hmm. And we wrote it in 10 days. But we had two months to research it yeah. and do mm-hmm. like a really thorough 30-page outline. If you have a really solid right. outline... We were just talking about that. Yeah. You can, yeah. You can kick out the script pretty quickly because right. all you're doing is going in and, and you know polishing it's, it up right. and putting in the language, right. the and dialogue. It, depends, it does depend on your process because mm-hmm. my process is you know, waiting for a deadline to kick my ass. <laughs> and yeah. see, then you don't have time to bullshit and like some you people... Have you don't. It's yeah. like usually your best... I'm glad you You will like sit there too. for 12 hours if you You will to. sit there and pump yeah. that out because there's no wiggle room for you like oh let me think about this I know it's like mm-hmm. it's coming it has to get on the paper mm-hmm. and usually it's your best shot and you use on a there. totally different part of your brain too. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you really mm-hmm. literally that's his good part of his brain I'm so glad there's someone else who works like that because I'm notorious <laughs> for doing that too because it's funny because I'm like a notorious overwriter mm-hmm. and if you give me all the time in the world I'll just overwrite oh my god thank god I love it when there's somebody if I don't else have to, like this I know we're going to talk about the pilot in a little mm-hmm. bit and that was that was another 10 day write and it was mm-hmm. just like I just had to get on the fucking page right so, uh, you just write totally differently that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really do. And it um, works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weirdly, you know, you're talking about the, the TWA Flight 800 project. The first one, I mean, I had just come off five years of working a studio job as a development exec at MGM. Okay. I worked in their TV division. This was while he was over in the international department at mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. And we were still writing and doing things on mm-hmm. the side, as you know, but 
with studio jobs, you kind of work crazy long hours. So, mm-hmm. are you yeah. are you allowed to be a writer too when you're? I actually in, in was. <laughs> we're talking MGM <laughs> here. Okay, the five years I was at MGM, which were in the '90s, mm-hmm. um, the studio was up for sale most of the time I was oh, there. Okay, I yeah. found out my first year there, I worked for the number two man in the company. I was his executive assistant, mm-hmm. which was the best job I've ever had in my life That's because I was being paid like twice the salary of most of the other executive mm-hmm, right. assistants and he was so busy he was actually had been the personal lawyer for 12 years of the head of the company the CEO okay. of the company so he was in meetings all the time all he needed me to do was sit there at my desk and answer his phone which only rang about six times a day and look busy really? what does a writer do to look busy they oh, sit there and write their own scripts okay so I was being paid handsomely to sit there and and for me He'll tell you I'm really bad about getting up and running around. If mm-hmm. I'm if I have the freedom to like be writing right. at home and I'm getting up and running around, I'll go to the refrigerator and get something to drink. I'll go make myself some coffee. She's a procrastinator. You know, I'm terrible about things like that. So mm-hmm. the fact that I had to sit at my desk mm-hmm. because the phone might accidentally ring, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. I got more writing done that year than anything. But I found out the day of our company picnic on the 11 o'clock news that I was out of a job. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh, and the news. Oh. We went to the company picnic, which I knew my boss had two young children that were really excited. The the company picnic was at Calamingus Ranch, if you've ever been out there. They were going to have a petting zoo and (laughs) pony rides, and it was this cool company picnic. Right. And I get there, and my boss and his kids are not there, and I'm like... This is not good. Then I noticed, because I, I worked in the executive suite then. <laughs> Packing of, up ponies being packed up and stuff. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just got of, here. No, they went, on as if, <laughs> they went on as if everything was okay. It turned out later, we were owned by a French bank at the time, Credit Lyonnais. Uh-huh. So um, anyway, it was, it was very funny. Aww. But long story short, I got home that night, found out the reason none of the CEO office people were there is because they were oh, all really? they were all getting fired oh. <laughs> across town in Beverly Hills. Man. So um, you know, I, I saw the TV and said, "Well, do I go into work tomorrow?" <laughs> yeah, what is that? How awkward is that? <laughs> and I, I went into work the next day, and and it got to be like eleven, eleven thirty in the morning. My boss hadn't shown up, and then he all of a sudden comes like creeping down the hallway, and he comes up to me and he goes. Do you think we're supposed to be here? Wow, <laughs> I don't know. Like I was that. hoping you could tell me. And well, anyway, let me, let me I, t- I got to stay on there and, yeah. and work and eventually become, um, you know, I got moved to the TV department. We worked on the Outer Limits series, okay, yeah, a bunch yeah. of Canadian made series. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's interesting because you are, I've, I've never told this to you, but you're one of those people that in on the education committee, we have some serious veterans in there you mm-hmm. know on, on our committee and you're one of the people who stand out to me i haven't told you that thank um, you i you know <laughs> i know smart people when i see them you are super smart mm, thanks. and no really and of course peter's like no she's not <laughs> <laughs> i almost kicked you under the table <laughs> <laughs> and 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 i mean that seriously um um just like whatever topic we were talking about you are one of those people who have something to say and when you say it it's like you've thought about it and you're like here's the answer you know what I mean? You have, you're one of those people for me. Thank you. And it shows in all of your um, experience and things that both of you guys have done over the years. And we'll, we'll talk some more. Um, um, so I just find that really, really interesting. Thanks. And while we're on that, just so we don't forget, can we, <laughs> can we talk just a little bit about um, you running for the board? Absolutely. Just, um, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Um, She's running for the board. I'm running for the board. The writers' <laughs> At the board. Writer's board. Absolutely. Yeah. I luckily the nominating committee saw fit to nominate me again. This is not my first run at the board. I came close last year, mm-hmm. but almost everybody, actually, almost everybody who who runs takes one takes at least twice to get um, in. Most right? of the, most of my friends who are on the board right now got on their second run. I came close on my second run last mm-hmm. year. Um, I was 11th out of nine. Nine people got elected, and I was 11th out of 18 candidates. Mm. So, you know, I wasn't that far off. So that's why I w- was debating about running this year, but mm-hmm. I really decided there are so many important issues that I, I want to keep talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the challenges is I'm, I'm the co-vice chair of the Women's Committee in addition to mm-hmm. being on the Writers' Education Committee. And of the 400 people on our mailing list and who are on the Women's Committee, most of them are not eligible to vote because uh. at a certain point, when you haven't worked enough, mm-hmm. you fall out of the ranks of being able to vote. Yep. And I'm, I'm lucky, since mm-hmm. I joined the Writers Guild back in 98, um, actually officially in 2000, I was on the Animation Caucus, mm-hmm. that's a whole other Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, since I joined the Writers Guild, um, Peter and I both have managed to maintain current status, that means voting status, mm-hmm. and ability to run for office. And a lot of the other women haven't. So, you know, I've run every year on, on the issue so, so, and topic so, so of So diversity. otherwise you would have probably had the votes if they were able to vote. Yeah. I, Understood. You know, we, we go through this process every year where you have to get um, people who are members, voting members of the Writers Guild to mm-hmm. endorse you. And that's a lot of how people decide who to vote for is you know what kind of important endorsements you have who mm-hmm. who's endorsing you how many people are endorsing you um and i went after a, a lot of the people on my committee last year to get those endorsements and they were all like i would love to endorse you but i'm post current which mm-hmm. means not current anymore mm-hmm. and can't vote so that's tough that's what's tough for the diversity candidates in general but i think it's so important to have diverse people on the board mm-hmm. we're lucky we have on the board a lot of our a-list feature writers and showrunners. Um, Shonda Rhimes, people yeah. like that are on there. She's she's not on the board. Oh, she's, she's not on the board. No, she's on. Um, she's the head of the diversity advisory group. Advisory board. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a board. Something with a board. Right. Yeah. But a, but a, a lot of the folks who are on the board are are top level people, which mm-hmm. is great because that helps build a bridge Absolutely. to talking to mm-hmm. network and television. You know, ne- television network and studio execs. But what we also need are more middle-class, diverse mm-hmm. writers mm-hmm. to understand the problems that Writers Guild members. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the best board. Um, Jonathan Fernandez uh, ran with me mm-hmm. twice and got on last year, and he's a voice for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having gone through some of these struggles, he, on a, a great movie he made last year, Rob the Mob, um, that had been a, set up at Lifetime, and he mm-hmm. got it back and made it as a small, low-budget indie feature. And at one point in time, because the budget was so small, they wanted him to just take an executive producer credit and not take a writer's credit, and he held his ground. Mm-hmm. You know, and people who've gone through those kind of struggles, right. I think those are the kind of voices that need to be right. on the board representing... Mm-hmm. You know the ninety-eight sure. percent of mm-hmm. us, or ninety-nine percent right. of us, who are not millionaires. Right. Well, you, you and I right. were talking about something interesting that Lisa can chime in on too. Mm-hmm. Is that um, we were talking about the um, being over forty, and you were saying that you actually talked about something else. You call it something else. Experience, experienced yeah. writers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's kind of one the of season. the seasoned. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. I mean, that's one of the the things that I think is important. I mean, here's the kind of crazy thing about our business. 
who can afford to retire at age 39 or would want, or, or would want to? I would be bored Please. out of my mind sure, sure. if I had retired at age 39. Well, right. I mean, Especially if you put a lot of your struggling in initially to well, get into the business. Yeah. And for people who are diverse or a woman, right. um, it takes a little bit longer to mm-hmm. get where you're going. True. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all about one of the things that I, I, I kind of talk about as much as I possibly can is I really believe it's all on the page. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is getting people to read. Um, you know, there it. I've noticed in the years that I've been in the business, it's more and more and more challenging each year to get people to read. And I know it's a time thing. Like mm-hmm. I said, I yeah. was on the other side of the desk. I was a studio mm-hmm. executive. Mm-hmm. I had a big stack of scripts on my desk, too, that I right. had to read. Mm-hmm. And when people would call a month later and wonder why I hadn't read and read it yet and gotten back to it, mm-hmm. you know, I would have to make my excuses about, hey, I've been in meetings, I've been in production <laughs> on this, that, right. and the other. Understood. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm trying to get to it. I'm sorry. You know, mm-hmm. and so I do know and understand that whole thing. Right. But uh, it's still frustrating when you're the one waiting for somebody to read something of yours and you know it's really good and yeah. if they would just pick it up and read just. it. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite thing is when you hear, oh, you know, we were just looking for something like this two months ago. If I'd only read it then. Yeah, yeah. yeah then and it's been but sitting on their desk for four months. you had it two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had it, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about, so you, so you guys did the Lifetime movie. That was your first, like, Big break. Oh, yeah. and, and and here's the story on that one. It ended up up for a um, green light on September 11th, 2001, oh, a day when plane crash stories were really not very popular. Mm. And it still went through. It did. No, it did. Oh, it did. Go After three years of being in development over there. Wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But it's actually worth getting into like how we set up that. That one to begin with. Yeah, that's what it was. That was a situation where we found out about the story. We went after the rights, Mm -hmm. and so we had. You guys reached out to the people. Yeah, really. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's we do. We're we're like the true story people. We're pretty Mm -hmm. good at like tracking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even people who don't want to be found, we find them sometimes. (laughs) Um, But had the people for that particular story that had they already had people approaching them already, or did you guys beat everybody to the punch? We're like, oh, we got it, and go. I think she did have other people approaching her. We we had a real lucky thing. This was my exec job at MGM paying off at that time. Mm-hmm. I had been talking to the producer uh, uh, at Dateline of that piece. And she called me back when I was out to lunch. And my assistant took the phone call and realized that it was her sister's best friend, who was the producer really? in New York, that they'd grown up together. So I had kind of an advantage. Gotcha. And for the next... Ooh, Relationships. Eight, for the next eight to ten years, she would give Peter and me an, a, an advance notice. She would send us an email or, or a link or let us know when a story that we might be interested in at Dateline really? would be there. And, and she actually made... Our Hallmark Hall of Fame movie that was on CBS, Crossroads, was a yeah. true story of a man named Bruce Murakami that was a two-hour Dateline special. Mm-hmm. She hooked us up with the producer of that piece, and we got to Bruce that way, and he's now one of our closest friends, you know, too. That, so wow. proud of that movie. That, I remember wow. that movie. That movie means a lot to me, because mm-hmm. I lost... You see my Starsky and Hutch car sitting outside. I did. I, was ask you I, lost, I <laughs> lost my brother five and a half years ago to a drunk driver. Oh, I'm so sorry <clears throat> Yeah, I was driving that. another car. Oh. So, and I, I don't drink or smoke or do drugs, just never have, just not my thing. Right. Yeah. So I'm like really sensitive about, yeah. excuse me, somebody jumping in their car after they've had a couple of drinks and just driving, whatever. And um, <sighs> so that movie is really interesting. They were drag racing and this kid was racing home. He'd, he'd taken his, he stole his mom's, his aunt's 
car the night before so him and his friends could go out clubbing and they were coming home early in the morning my brother was getting up early to go do something and they were racing back to get there before she woke up mm. oh. you know what mm-hmm. i mean and they, they were literally racing each other you know, but he mm-hmm. still was totally toasted. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that movie, and even if he wasn't, just mm-hmm. the whole yeah. street, just a split. Setting Eighty up. miles an hour on the street. Right. Is yeah. Fast right. Yeah. We live in the West San Fernando Valley area, mm-hmm. and um, we had wanted to show that movie um, and have the people whose true story it is come and speak because they were doing that at our producer. Our our producer, um, his daughter was at a school in Pasadena and our guys came and spoke and they showed the movie there. So we wanted to do the same thing at my daughter's high school Mm -hmm. um, and they wouldn't let us, which was really a bummer. And three weeks later, my daughter's um, TA in her AP environmental science class was killed drag Mm -hmm. racing. He was drag racing like a couple of miles from my house. So... and when she says our guys, we're actually talking. We did the story yeah. from both points of view, from mm-hmm. the from oh, the okay. kid who was drag racing, mm-hmm. and, and you know. Can you just tell the audience, so in case they're wondering, what's the, the story for that this piece you're talking about right now, so they'll know what you're talking about? Oh, Peter, can look, go oh, ahead and yeah. you go ahead and tell Peter a little bit about the crossroads? about about crossroads. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was uh, literally about a man who whose wife and and uh, daughter were killed by this um, street racer, and he was gung-ho on bringing the kid to justice who did it. And he, he literally chased him for how long? Three years, three and, years and hired a lawyer because the DA's office was not prosecuting the kid. And he'd never seen the kid, expected the kid to be some punk, some mm-hmm. unfeeling, uncaring punk, you know, maybe mm-hmm. green hair, tattoos, right. whatever. Right. Um, and when he saw this kid for the first time in court, he was a bookish, nerdy, Straight A student, never done anything wrong before. His parents were having to hold him up, and it had wrecked his life every mu- bit as much as it had. And wrecked it was a Bruce's. split. Se- it was like literally, he was at a stoplight, and there was mm-hmm. some guy next to him. They sort of gave the nod, and mm-hmm. they and they took off. Split second decision to change. Two yeah. o'clock in the afternoon, and Bruce's wife and daughter had gone to the grocery store. They had been together for lunch before that, and one of the the toughest things, and yet one of the best dramatic things for our movie to really hammer the point home was that Bruce came upon the scene of the accident. Really? And got out of his car and raced to try to. The car was upside down. Her, his minivan was upside down and on fire. And we had, we saw on, on the Dateline piece, mm-hmm. they had news footage because the news people were there mm-hmm. of him running at the car and being restrained by the firemen and the policemen holding really? him back because mm-hmm. he wanted to try to save them. And of course, there was nothing he could do. So That's he a great had image. to watch, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he was literally out yeah. for blood and. and, and it was destroying his life. Right, going after, like right. just being obsessed with getting this kid right. was destroying his sure. life. Anger, and, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So ultimately, he decided to forgive the kid. Actually, went to the judge and uh, talked him into reducing his sentence. Really? And then they became good friends. The sentence was really community what? service. They're yeah. still good friends and they to actually, this day. They actually go around the country talking to schools. Wow! Wow! <laughs> because Bruce realized that for one thing it wasn't going to do any good putting this kid in jail for 30 years he was looking at a 30-year prison sentence Mm -hmm. um two counts of vehicular homicide Mm -hmm. and that wasn't going to do anybody any good but he felt that 
that this kid telling his story to kids his own age mm-hmm. was going to make a much bigger impact than if Bruce stood up there, right. an, an older man, right. and told the story. Right. So, you know, it was a win-win situation all the way around. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, the tough thing is, and this is as writers who can't control it, the title of the movie ultimately ended up being Crossroads, A Story of Forgiveness. And we as writers are like, gee, I wonder how it's going to end. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We tried yeah. to talk them out of that one. So we kind of, and, and they do too, we kind of just shorten it to Crossroads gotcha. now. You know? But yeah. I mean, it was, it was literally a situation where two lives were lost that aren't going to be coming back and two more and not to mention Justin's family, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were a lot more lives on the line because one, one could be going to prison and one could be just you know simmering in his anger for the rest of mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me. So when did you? At what point did you guys finally get get the agents and stuff? Like when did when did that happen for you? Well, we had had agents going back to the whole time I was working um, at MGM. So did it help being in that position? You knew you since you were working well, with the. I'll tell you one of uh, one of the better agents that we had for a lot of years because we switched mm-hmm. from the kind of smaller boutique agency that that we had been represented mm-hmm. by to um, a larger agency uh, because I in our writers group a guy who was represented by a bigger agent mm-hmm. he wanted to stop by my office at MGM on the way home from work one day because we were right on the way so he came in and met with me and about 10 minutes into the conversation he just looked at me really intently he said I'm going to bet you're a writer too because he knew that I was in a writers group with his <laughs> mm-hmm. client yeah. so that made sense he goes and I'm going to bet you probably have a script in one of those drawers over there why don't you just hand it to me <laughs> really <laughs> and he said and you probably have an agent right now but you're probably not thrilled with your agent because nobody ever is but he said you're going to be thrilled with me let me read your script so I, I handed it to him I mean and it's like I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. I felt like for those five years I was at MGM, I felt like a lot of the time, he'll tell you this, that I was on the wrong side of the desk. Mm. I mean, I I found myself in some precarious positions where people came in and pitched fictional stories to me, Mm -hmm. where I was working on a similar story myself that was a true story, and I had to... Thank God theirs was fictional and mine was true story, and I had right situations and a a paper trail. But, you know, you put yourself in a little bit of a a tricky situation, and yet... We have an exec we've been working with now who's at a network, and he got promoted from being an assistant to being you know, a development exec now, and he's had three movies on his network. Wow. So he's managing to juggle both those. I mean, I, I, so in terms of giving people advice, right. I don't know. You know, there are pitfalls to it. I'm glad that I did it. No, I'm, see, I, I've I never actually heard that. that. I mean, yeah. it makes so much sense. You're the executive and you're a writer, and you're getting people pitch you to you all the time. And sometimes they pitch something that has a story that has a little vein and similar. If you ever find yourself doing that, what I did is I cut them off really quickly and I said, I have to cut you off and here's why. Okay. Um, and, And I would tell them too that you know, the fact that I have an MFA in screenwriting from UCLA and and had projects set up both at, you know, I had projects under option at the time, both at MGM and other places. Mm -hmm. So I made it clear to them that I was a professional writer too, that, that, so that they understood. And, and, you know, I also put a spin on that, like, but Hey, if we do find something to work on together, you're going to appreciate me being a professional writer because I'm also going to give you better notes. And right. I, you know, I'm not going to give right. you one of those domino effect notes that people mm-hmm. who haven't written before do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I'm going to be more sympathetic that when I'm giving you a whole lot of notes, I know how much effort that's going to mm-hmm. take for you to, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've worked myself for a lot of writers who have been producers sure. and I've always 
almost always, I think, liked the experience because mm -hmm. I feel like they're coming from a more sympathetic point of view when they give mm -hmm. you notes and, and also maybe a more knowledgeable view. They, right. And if they go ahead and tweak your things themselves, sometimes they make it better. And right. I'm always for that. Right. I have to say also, just backing up, um, one of the reasons that we became the true story people, and we mm -hmm. were actually known at our agency as the true story people. Yeah. That's good. Uh, <laughs> find, your, find your lane. Yeah, go, right? go to yeah. people. The main reason is, you know, we were you know, young people with no credits, mm -hmm. and uh, the, our mm -hmm. strategy then was you know, get a hold of something and own it, and then they have, right. so we, we have something they want, and we come you along. You have to come through us now. Yeah. yeah. So that was our strategy, is we get these great stories, we, own, we, you know, we don't own the rights, but we had the shopping rights to them, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, get in front of the right people, and you have to come along with the package. And that's Wait, so we when you went own. for the Crossroads story, when you went to that person, mm -hmm. did you have, like, a no-fee option, like, hey, if we get paid, then you get paid, like, or did you, like, scruffle some money together and like hey we can give you this a little bit now no. we literally did a shopping agreement just uh -huh. saying we had the rights okay. for some period of time to yeah. exclusively mm -hmm. to shop it oh, okay. and then once we set it up with the production company then they can make their own side deal yeah because sometimes that's we've, tricky when we've talked we've in the past never about doing paid, bios. Especially, we've never paid for rights and I advise my students now mm -hmm. I, I just had a situation where one of my students came to me and asked about paying $10,000 right. to somebody for you know a one year period of time to shop it. I said for one thing one year period of time is really hard Yeah, you might not get anybody to answer you back in one year right um, and so what's, what's an appropriate yourself, amount of time do you use two year, three years, something? Or do you I, do? I think nobody will will sign anything. I think six months used mm -hmm. to be the thing and it's too mm -hmm. short a period of time. I think one year is what you yeah. want to do now mm -hmm. with the ability to re up. To re up, yeah. But you just want to make it a shopping agreement, but you want to make it exclusive because we've gotten burned on that before. We yes. we had something we almost sold to Court T V okay. and mm -hmm. we had producers involved in it. And all of a sudden, our producers get a call from Court TV that they've had another producer walk in with the exact same story. Because, right. you know, it takes a long time in things. Yeah. And the person whose true story it was, which the true story turned out to be kind of bogus to begin mm -hmm. with. But that's, a, that's another matter. But um, <laughs> it, it was very frustrating because it harmed our relationship with our producer because mm -hmm. we told her we had an agreement with him and all we had was a verbal agreement she refused to sign papers with right, us right. and yet then she turned around and signed papers with somebody else because she felt like we weren't getting an answer back right. quickly enough right. and we were about to we were that close to you know it takes time people selling it and, and <laughs> well it ended up not getting made so mm -hmm. that's why we yeah we have to have those agreements because it's just you know mm -hmm. a lot of producers are top lining things now mm -hmm. and and without any rights and you know figuring they can get the rights in the back end but um and a lot of people are doing money, from the headlines too that's right. that's becoming really common but as sure. far as yeah. money for an option i think it just depends on you know if there's people coming out of the woodwork trying to get the rights you're gonna have to you know step up right but so just it's a but luckily you guys haven't had to do that no because yeah. we were working in an environment where we found interesting stories in places that you know may not have made giant headlines mm -hmm. we've also in ours we're smart enough to have aligned of our, ourselves on every single project we've worked with a because especially when we were starting out we were the new people mm -hmm. we've al aligned ourselves with very strong producing partners yeah. um on the case you were asking about mm -hmm. we never really answered you so i'll hop back to it about the <laughs> twa flight 800 mm -hmm. story we got that set up with um the woman who um her company owned 50 percent of lifetime it was wow. first so and they were making okay. they were making <laughs> nine of the 12 movies for lifetime every year so they were kind of like the production mm -hmm. entity right and she had a personal connection to the story when we went in and pitched it to her which was that she had been in new york the night the twa 
um, Flight 800 crashed. And her husband was here in L.A. waiting for her to come home, and her flight got delayed because of the crash. And he was afraid, because there wasn't a lot of news about it. Mm-hmm. He was afraid she was on it. And mm-hmm. when she got off the plane, she didn't realize what had happened and what oh, the delay okay. was or anything else. And he just grabbed her and hugged her and like had tears in his eyes and was Love so glad that. she was okay. Yeah. So she personally had been affected by the story, kind of the way Peter was right. personally affected by right. it with the, you know, the Pan Am Flight 103 that he almost ended up on. So... Mm-hmm. That's always personal connections or everything. Right, so sure. she actually sold it on a log line that she pitched out over lunch with her lifetime exec. She happened to be having lunch with the lifetime exec, just wow. mentioned it and was talking about setting a pitch meeting. We never at we were so lucky. We never had to go in and actually do the dog and pony right, pitch. Right. To lifetime, she came back to us and said, I sold it over lunch. And we're like, Great. All right, there you go. But then three years went by because they kept changing their mind about what they wanted it to be. So Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we were also dealing with um, Oliver Stone had sold a TWA Flight eight hundred oh, project yeah. to ABC, so we were kind of competing yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 It is interesting, it is. interesting. <laughs> but yeah, yeah well, and part of the part of the thing with true stories too, as I was talking about people, you know, breaking the doors down, trying to get their rights. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very hard to find the people, like like these Dateline stories. Before we got in with a producer, like that particular story, that was before we got in with a producer of Dateline, mm-hmm. and um, it was literally we had recorded the story, and I was going through frame by frame looking for clues, mm-hmm. and at one point she pulls out. A piece she, of paper. She had a letter. And it's on a letter stationary and her fax number. So we typed up a fax. I sent it on. <laughs> I sent it on my MGM stationery, so she knew I was a legitimate right, person, right. and that's how everything happened. We had another oh story that we were trying to track at one point. We were trying to find the people because they were being. They didn't want any information out there, and. I did the same thing. So I was like, there's cactuses in the background. <laughs> a truck drove by on the street, and so yeah. I saw what the area code was. Mm. And we just went piece by piece. This is what wow. you have to Oh, do. my God. That's you guys dang. are like super the area code. Part of it took place in a hospital, so we're like, okay, it had to be that hospital. It had to be I talked the to the doctor. Remember, yeah, we found a doctor, right, yeah. and I, there are oh multiple God. times they, I've talked they to doctors. Like, you be down. Okay. We're, you should have seen. We're PI. I missed a research. <laughs> we're private detectives. No, Lisa is too. She, was, she wrote this script. Um, you want to tell them? Go ahead, you can tell them. But oh, my, my, my Blanco, the yeah, Rosaldo Blanco. Uh, squad. Yeah, like we, found hmm. the, we found the uh, uh, the FBI agent that got her, and then like the lawyer, like I was like piecing things together. I was going, getting court transcripts, names of people who knew somebody. I You're was like, go to the country. I was right into the, I was going to Columbia, y'all. <laughs> I was going, and then I, f- I knew somebody who knew somebody who said, yeah, you might not want to do that. Because <laughs> her cousin over here, that's not, and it was just, like literally but the thing is you just have to take the time and do it and have that patience because when I was looking for that FBI I was like it's not gonna happen like mm-hmm. oh did he move he got you know and it was just like letter and you gotta remember this is before really not I won't say before the computer aid but before a lot of like executives and FBI agents were really into like social media and just sure. getting connected with people mm-hmm. but just the letters and reaching out and getting people's business card and calling what well, can you find out for me and waiting for other people to get back to you and then that moment when you finally reach the person I mean I I, mm-hmm. I almost literally couldn't even breathe once the mm-hmm. person called me back like I was tracking this person and finally called me back mm-hmm. said hi you've been looking for me I'm like it was months <laughs> and like almost started hyperventilating I was like oh my god it's you I've been tracking you down I need to talk to you and it it was just like, oh my god! But that you just got to be tenacious because and sometimes when you it's find just, them. They're not. It's not yeah. like we're ambulance chasing. Yeah, we had, we, had, we had another story where we did the same thing, like just going through. No clues at all where this story took place, 
until the camera swept by the local high school. I was like, I saw the name of the team. Oh, <laughs> the sports really team. Yeah. The What's the logo? Who's the mascot? I had to find yeah. that. So oh, my God. Yeah, I, in, in, in every single true story, I think it's taken us. And, and some people, I get so frustrated when people have ordinary common names they need Mm -hmm. to have really unique names so that you can track them easier (laughs) and and, you know a lot of them are just listed in the phone directories for whatever town they're in because they didn't expect to be in the middle of a story like this Mm -hmm. you know they're not a celebrity and they're all of a sudden Mm -hmm. thrust into this you know this weird situation you know one story i ended up talking to the person whose true story is what it's uh, her former employer who put me in touch with her mother mm-hmm. in the Midwest, and I talked to her mom for an hour. <laughs> oh <like> my gosh! <laughs> it's become. I mean, I'll be honest. It's become easier now that we've had a lot of these true stories produced yeah. because you know then um, we can send them links to you know our trailers of our mm-hmm. shows or or the actual movies. You right. know, I've sent DVDs of our you know our Hallmark Hall of Fame movie right. to people so that they know who we are and right. what we're about because right. a lot of when you do get a hold of them a lot of what you have to do is reassure them that you're the person that they want to trust with because you are asking them to go with you exclusively right mm-hmm. that's you know i mean and you have to explain to them why that is you can't have multiple people showing up mm-hmm. you know pitching the same story and what right. it is about their story that we want to tell cuz right. i mean we literally had yeah one girl that we hunted down, she said, I just don't want to be a drug addled whore on TV. It's like, no, no, no. That's, you know, right. literally said that. Right. So. And, and that was a project we were taking to Lifetime. So I'm like, you know, Lifetime only goes so far. So, true, you true. know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not like, you know, a well, you feature know, film, an R-rated feature film could right. be pretty spicy. Right. It's, it's funny you say that because um, you guys, to me, and I've only read um, one thing of yours, but you guys have a very dark... In this script. That one. The script that we're going to talk about later. Mm. Hillier, you, guys, you know we did a thing called Puppy Love, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, the preschool animation I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, kid, the kids show we that went off Broadway. Right? And, yeah. an awesome porn pitch, too. <laughs> it's called Hung Jury. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, I'm making a point yeah. that even though you guys write things like for Lifetime and Puppy Love and things mm-hmm. like that, it seems like where you guys are really your lane that I'm seeing that you really want to explore is a lot more darker. Like, yeah. honestly, I think you guys could write um, um, Better Call Saul in your sleep. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. No, really. I could see it just based on the tone and what's on the page yeah. and how dark it is and uh-huh. creepy. And it's just full of all this curiosity, which we'll get into. Right, right. But um, what I wanted to talk to you about really quick before we get into that is... Um, what are you guys doing now? Like the Sundance thing, mm-hmm. and then um, the Humanities Awards, you know, and then we'll get into that other part. Is that sure. cool? Absolutely. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we just found out, I guess about a month or so ago, that we made um, a, the finals of the Sundance Episodic Story Lab. This is the second year that they've done this program. Yeah, because it's like new. Yeah. yeah. Now, like, now I know yeah. you, Hillier, just yeah. happened to have been a finalist in the um, Sundance Feature Lab, mm-hmm. which has been going for a lot of years right. and is really super prestigious. Right. And yeah, Mine was way back in 2003. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, hey. It's, it, it never goes away, the pat yeah, on the yeah, back yeah. like that. I still um, use it, though. <laughs> absolutely. And mm-hmm. as well, you should. I mean, the bottom line is what we try to do is, is you know, we have entered a lot of contests and mm-hmm. been finalists or you know ended up winning mm-hmm. um this one 
They'll ultimately pick 10 people. We're not going to hear until like the end of August. Okay. Sure. Um, and there are a lot of other Writers Guild people that I know mm-hmm. who are, are great. Who shout, also, out, shout out to Michelle. Michelle Amor. and Felicia, right. on, and Felicia. Your, on your Black Writers mm-hmm. Committee. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Adam Rodman, who's on Membership mm-hmm. and Finance Committee mm-hmm. with me. And, mm-hmm. and Kat Coiro, who um, did a panel for me on Writers Education. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know some fantastic people. I mean, I feel like we're in such great company. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they're only going to pick 10 people. Mm-hmm. We, they, there were over 2,000 people that entered it this year. We don't know how many are left in it. Right. We heard somebody said 40, somebody said 60, somebody said 200. I have no idea mm-hmm. how many are left in it, but mm-hmm. it was a huge cut and we're really excited to be Good. in it and we're trying to use that to get momentum right. to yeah. um, have people look at, right. at the script because right. we're really proud of the script. Mm-hmm. Um, we in the past two years we've really switched our attention to pilot scripts which mm-hmm. is a lot of what everybody's doing at the guild um, we well, can I this one this can the, I the pitch you? sure here's the interesting thing because you would think that there were already writing TV movies that it would be an easy adjustment for you to get right into TV and get on staff in some sort. Of course, you guys are writing on a level where you probably should be starting off as producers anyway. But mm-hmm. um, and that's not how TV works. Right. <clears throat> Unless you come in with the, the pilot and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, what type of challenges are you guys finding moving over into trying to get into TV? It's just a whole different world. Mm-hmm. I, mean, the, the, I mean, even though the, even though TV movies and series are on the same networks, it's sure. a whole different world, a yeah. whole different set of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about exposure. It's almost like, um, you know, starting in a new, a totally new field. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You mentioned the Humanitas New Voices program. We actually, the pitch for this pilot that's now in the Sundance thing mm-hmm. um, had been what made us to get to top 20 on that. And again, they only picked 10, and we made it to top 20, not 10. So mm-hmm. um, that's tough. But then we also, the Writers Guild has for diverse writers a program called Writer uh, TV Writer Access Project mm-hmm. that you have to have been at least mid-level staff mm-hmm. or have two produced TV movies to even enter it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, hundreds of Writers Guild members enter it, and they picked 14. And we made that last year. And we've mm-hmm. made some wonderful connections out of that. And some of our fellow... Um, honorees from that last year are on staff now. They got okay. staffed mm-hmm. over the past year and a half mm-hmm. since the program was. Right. And it was run by Glenn Mazzara, who was Shonda He's Rhimes the as the head mm-hmm. of... Mm-hmm. Um, he was the showrunner of The Walking Dead for a lot of years. He's showrunning um, Damien, the mm-hmm. Omen Crash. follow-up. Omen Crash. Um, the Shield. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. amazing. So he ran the program. He's one of the heads with Shonda Rhimes. Of I the keep trying to get him on the show. He's just too busy. Advisor. <laughs> try him. Try him after end of August. We're trying to okay. get him in Salon. You know, Marlena's. Mm-hmm. We've already talked to him about being in Salon. We have a wonderful thing the Writers Education Committee puts on mm-hmm. um, for Writer Salon for members that's happening mid September. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be back here then. Okay. But the Writer Access Program was. In fact, we actually spent yep. an evening with Shonda and her staff. Did you? Oh, it was really. Okay. It was really Really great. I it was know, no like, holds barred. She and her so many staff stories came in. That I'm not and allowed to repeat them. No, we're not. But we learned a lot. We it was lot really great. Scenes, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we've had a lot of things. So those are the things we're trying to do to transition. I actually did a writer's education program mm-hmm. about transitioning because there are so many not only TV movie writers like us because TV movies are dwindling. Um, and are going yeah. to Canadian writers or non-union because mm-hmm. the you know the costs of them are coming down so much, but also feature. You know, mm-hmm. uh, since 2008, 
feature um, assignments have gone down by 85%. So there's a lot of feature writers trying to transition into TV. So there's wonderful It's the hardest time in the world series. to get into. Everybody and their mother's trying to get into TV right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, exactly. Well, the way so to do it is write. opportunities, mm-hmm. and yeah. at the same time, there's so much more competition. Mm-hmm. The way to do it is write really great pilot scripts. And we're not just right, you know, resting on our laurels of this one. Mm-hmm. That was a completely different pilot script that we won Writer Access Project with last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter's working on another it's one right comedy. now. <laughs> there was, That's one right, in the you comedy. write comedy. We won yeah, in yeah. the comedy <laughs> category. I know you will not believe that when you hear this, but um, we think that's kind of one of the things that, that we're... That's good. And, and that's our advantage is that we don't we can't be pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. We we went to UTA the other day, the, the three of us and yeah. a couple of other people yeah. on the board. And uh, who was that who was teaching? What's his name? Um, Brent Forrester. Forrester. He was he was amazing. Yeah, I loved him. so cool. He loved was, worked him. on The Simpsons yeah. and, and mm-hmm. The Office, and, and now he, he's doing a Judd Apatow He's doing like show. free classes at the Writers Guild. Anybody can go, and mm-hmm. he's like teaching you how to how he runs the show and how he mm-hmm. what are his secrets in a room and really good shit. And so a few of us from the education committee went. And I said, jokingly, I was telling him about the show I'm working on with Pam. And I said, yeah, it's a comedy, but, you know, it's a little more, you know, lighter. It's kind of like Bernie Mac, you know, and everybody hates Chris type of style, single camera, whatever. And I said, I like it. I said, "Um, I'm having fun. I said, I actually probably would rather be writing the type of things you guys are doing, (laughs) more darker type of stuff. And I said, well, we should switch. That's right. (laughs) Well, when you're specking a script, you get to pick your own wheelhouse. Definitely, definitely. definitely. I love love the job. It's cool. It's a good good gig. And I get to write the episodes. I get to produce on the show. I mean, it's... I can't beat that. Listen, yeah. dream. So the bottom line is we're just keeping writing. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think that's the best advice any of us can give anyone is just keep writing and keep trying to get people to read. That's mm-hmm. the, get, get it on the page because it's yeah. popping. Because this, when he sent this to me, like he sent me your script last night and he's like, go ahead and read the, and I was just like in my reader mode, like, okay, so, you know, whenever I read, I'm like, okay, if I'm a reader and I'm just getting this. Tell me a story. Because <laughs> you know how hard I am. It's like, you get three pages and I'm out. <laughs> she is not well, most people are. I, I mean, that's the thing. Done. You gotta, you gotta. By half the page, if I'm people. just like, yeah. and I'm not doing that, it's like, okay, get through it. And I was mm-hmm. like, I said, can you ask them if we can read their script? <laughs> she has never done that. I've never do that. It was like, never. literally, like, at the, it's like three pages. I'm just like, hey, by the way, like literally like seven minutes later, mm-hmm. hey, can you ask them if maybe we can just read this out there? Because I think our audience would probably want to hear. Well, look, since you know. we're here, why don't we go on ahead? So do me a favor. One of you guys set up the um, um, what we're about to read. By the way, this, this segment we call the Don't Sleep On Them segment. This is a segment for those of you, you, some of you guys can submit to this if you want. Um, We usually read like a cool little scene, usually like an opening scene or a cool action scene somewhere Mm -hmm. in the script. Usually doesn't have that much a heavy dialogue. Even though yours has some dialogue, we just like it so much we're going to read it anyway, so fuck (laughs) it, we're going to read it. Um, So, um, yeah, this is a segment we call Don't Sleep On Them, where it's like, don't sleep on this person. You got to, this is the next shit. You need to be on this. Right, exactly. So. Let's tell the people what it is and give them a little blur about what, you know, the log line, what's it about? Sure. Um, it's called Blood Brothers, mm-hmm. and it is a really dark, edgy crime thriller. Um, but we're not that into the idea of procedurals per se. Um, this opening scene, you won't get a too, too much of the, the main characters because they come in after this. Mm-hmm. But, okay. um, but uh, it's, it's really kind of a, a cool um, situation where... It's very mysterious, and we're not sure, perhaps, which brother is. Okay. 
doing what? You ready? Ooh. Here we go. <clears throat> Exterior, ranch house, Buda, Texas, night. 20 miles south of Austin and yet a world away. Buda is the real Texas, and so is this house with its rustic cars and blocks on the lawn and oversized cross by the door. Contestant on TV. I like to bow a vowel, an E. Interior, ranch house, Buda, Texas, more crosses. A gun rack. Dead animal heads, antlers on the walls. Irene and Josiah Brewer, early 60s, in an ancient armchairs, watch an 80s-era TV console as they dig at frozen TV dinners. There are three E's. On TV, Vanna turns letters. Ding, ding, ding. I'd like to solve. A stitch in time saves nine. Irene shirts, shoots Josiah a dirty look over. Contestant. A stitch in time saves nine. Josiah stops eating, puts his cutlery down, sniffs. You turn the gas off all the way. And now we hear the hiss. Irene looks up at him, wild-eyed, just as the power cuts. Darkness, save for the fading ambient glow of the TV tube. Without missing a beat, Irene bolts for the gun rack, expertly snaps off safety and straps, and tosses a rifle to Josiah before brandishing a shotgun herself. A practice drill. They split up, taking over, taking cover at opposite ends of the room. The darkness is suddenly pierced by a blinding strobe light accompanied by the shrill of an alarm system far too high tech and starkly incongruous with this humble home. Security lights flood the yard as steel barriers lower to fortify windows. He in? Don't know how. The alarm goes into a silent mode interval. Pin drop quiet. Irene and Josiah exchange a look. This ain't over. Then... Pop, pop, pop. Door locks unsnap. Shades roll up. Security system deactivated. Josiah and Irene panic. Siege mentality. Deathly silent. Until a floorboard creaks. Irene spins. Blows a head-sized hole through her early American china cabinet. Shards fly. The alarm resumes, deafening. Josiah, vigilant, panicked, breathing heavily. You don't need to do this. You ain't thinking straight. The alarm ceases, but the strobing continues, and with each flash, Irene sees a figure close in behind her husband. Josiah! She dies behind a couch, then risks a peek, sees, flash, an arm around Josiah's forehead, his eyes wide with terror, the glint of a blade. Flash, Josiah's throat laid open, drenched in blood. Flash, both Josiah and his assailant, gone. The alarm resumes, jolting Irene, who sweeps the room with her shotgun sight. When the alarm stops, she hears the back door shut. Then all is deathly still again. God damn it, people. You know that's some good writing. Come on now. That's Come on now. <laughs> it doesn't end well for Josiah. <laughs> oh, my God. That, the, whole, the, three, the first three, because we didn't read the whole three pages, but the teaser, mm-hmm. it does all the things that you and I love. What's my favorite word in the teaser? Okay, Curiosity. Curiosity. Mm-hmm. I want to know, will you? Okay, that's not part of the song. But no, it does. Number one, it creates curiosity. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a mystery. Like, we don't know Total what mystery. the hell is going on. Because for one thing, we're in the middle of like, I mean, the very first line, it tells you, mm-hmm. this is the real Texas. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what real Texas means. Okay. All right. It's Rusted called, cars it's on blocks. Buddha. Okay. It's called, damn it, Buddha, look. Okay. Yeah. B-U-D-A. Buda. Okay. Who? Come on. <laughs> a Buda. This ain't Houston. This yeah. ain't, it's Buda. Buda. It's a real place. It is, it is a real place. Okay. It's actually That's a funny. suburb just south of Austin. Yeah. And oh, man. We have friends who live in both places, so we've spent some time there and okay. really know the area okay. and look at the setting that we got mm-hmm. we got the gun rack 
Mm-hmm. You got the dead animal heads, so you know, you know, you know these kind of folk. Like mm-hmm. intuitively, you know, but then it's like it's this weird moment because it's like, okay, we see them. You know, we're thinking, all right, they're 60s. They got the old school. They didn't even bother to upgrade, all right. <laughs> and they're watching. I mean, they're watching. Come on, how how common and homely is watching? Come on. Pat Sajak, Mm -hmm. and you're eating TV dinners. (laughs) Don't nobody eat TV dinners, old school TV dinners anymore. They even have the nerve to have the little TV dinner, little things to sit in front of the TV Mm -hmm. set. And this is where you know, like, okay, you think you know this world, and then all of a sudden, Irene bolts for her gun rack. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, listen to the wording. It doesn't say Irene gets up and runs. It says she bolts. Mm -hmm. All right? She's in her 60s, people. Okay? She's in her 60s. All right? Mm -hmm. Then it says expertly, okay? Expertly snaps off the safety straps and tosses a right. Okay, 60s. -hmm. This is Nana. (laughs) Watching Peyton, Pat Sajak, eating TV dinners, jumps up. So you know they've been, and then you're wondering, what the hell are these people doing mm-hmm. out here in Buda, Texas? And not only that, it engages you and it automatically makes you want to turn that page. Because on the bottom line, on the first page, when Irene says, he in, you're like, who the fuck is he? Mm-hmm. Who is in this house? And they automatically, know. I'm already <laughs> want to turn. You want to turn. I mean, see what happens. Yeah, okay? Yeah. That's yeah. some damn good writing. Like, if I was like a reader, like, I'd be like, okay, you know what? We go ahead and put this on the good pile over here. <laughs> yeah. We're not that's even going, we, okay, that's, we want to move it over here. That's the objective, too. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and then you have like the on the second page, you've got like the whole. I mean, you're still curious because you're like they've got like this whole security system. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the horror person in me and the darkness stuff is like, oh my god, this is almost like yeah, because it kind of rises the lambsy kind of thing a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like this is some hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you've got that the strobe light action, mm-hmm. the flat, and that I mean, it's so visual. Like as I was reading it, I could like see it like that flash strobe, and you like you see that knife go across, mm-hmm. and then it's like Josiah. Is he, is he, are you all right? And I'm just mm. like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now, God, it's a, it's a really strong opening. Oh, thank you. Um, thank like you. she said, it's like super visual. Mm-hmm. There's just lots of little, I love like pop, pop, pop. You know, just lots of little things mm-hmm. that make your eyes draw mm-hmm. to the page. You know, um, lots of like uh, uh, the alarm goes into silent mode interval. Like just lots of little small mm-hmm. things that our normal writer wouldn't know how to write right. that. Well, a lot of it is trying to play you with know? contrast, too, because mm-hmm. the quiet is as terrifying yes. as the noise. Mm-hmm. The, the light of the strobe mm-hmm. is as terif- actually, right. probably less terrifying than the darkness between the flashes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where all stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Peter, oh, did, Peter did the first draft on this one, and, and, and the heavy lifting on the writing in general, and he's a director. Sure. So that's what I, you know, his, he's really like tapped into his director side mm-hmm. of it. You can see every I shot. Mean, mm-hmm. It's yeah. very visual. And he, yeah, he was he was a directing finalist in Project Greenlight mm-hmm. a few years back. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I think that's comedy. really <laughs> on a comedy. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> he writes a lot of comedy, but this is not one. Yeah, did you lose against my man who did Feast? Or what? <laughs> did you lose against what's his name who did Feast? Oh, the what's Feast movie. Yeah, no, it was, no, it was actually the year before. Oh, the year before that. No, the special effects dudes. And you know, that's one of those contests where you actually don't want to win. You want to be one of the finalists, and you don't want to win. That's what I said all the way through. I was like, I want to be top three. And then but that's I it. Don't want to be the subject right. of a reality yeah, show. Yeah, because they, want to make you they, right. they will make you look like a moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what reality it becomes like a reality TV show. It's like I went. Oh no, yeah. 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 But um, let me let me say one other thing. Go ahead. One of the things I love is not only do you keep us curious with like Lisa was on the right track, 
the whole setup, these, these, it seems like an older couple sitting there in their home. Because it, it felt almost like, even though it says ranch house, I kept feeling like it was like a trailer, trailer home or something. <laughs> <laughs> One of those ones that's just propped up on the blocks or some shit. <laughs> and, um, but I was picturing this house, and you set up the couple, and I was picturing when, when she picks up the shotgun and expertly does what she does, he gets his and expertly does what he does. They break off, like, we've done this before. We are ready. For, the alarm went off. It's time to get into mm-hmm. right. assassin so mode. And who are these yeah. people who have to do this who are again? These people who what know is how this? to do this? Well, now they are Texans, though. So you have to, you know, they know they're yeah, but they suddenly yeah. become like James Bond or MI6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I yeah. thought they were whoever was coming in. They were going to go into a big old gunfight, and instead, whoever comes in is better than they are. Right, right. right. And takes first they take out the guy, and I'm like, okay, cool. So we got her. She's the hero. That's what I thought. Curiosity again. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, we take this bitch out. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she is not making it. And then, and not only that, but then now, now you're kind of put into a position where, like, who do I follow? Everybody's dead. I don't know what's yeah. going on now. And now I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. I'm automatically. And even when you have to go into the next scene and you're doing the setup and you're being introduced to our protagonist, and even then you're mm-hmm. still not knowing you're still engaged because one you're like people are treating this character like they've seen him before and he's like no you've never seen so curiosity it's 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 they're like literally teasing it out sure. so that you really have to like like I'm not going to get up and go get a snack mm-hmm. during the commercial break and if I do I'm going to be sprinting and then coming <laughs> and then I'm going to come right back to mm-hmm. figure out what is going on sure, sure. and not the fact that to eat the, yeah and the fact that you do that cuz like like of course, baby writers. They, this scene probably would have went through like maybe five, six, seven pages just to get that one thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. But this happens, boom. It, boom. I mean, looking at it, go, my eye going down the page, clean. You know, no, that black's just boom. This happens, this happens. And then it's like, he in? You know, that button at the end, that great line at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who's in? What? And then automatically, I'm turning the page. Mm-hmm. That's like, brilliant. well, like, like I said earlier, I'm a t- notorious overwriter. And mm-hmm. and this was one of those situations where I just wanted to get down real fast. Yes, and that was sort of fighting that mm-hmm. you know tendency to go. Mm-hmm. Lots of words will work here. Where, where did this Where did this story come from, by the way? Because it's we it's were, a trip. We were forced to come up with. I'm going to tell because we were forced to come up with a pitch really quickly when we made the finals of the Humanitas New Voices program. We made okay. it with a different pilot script. Mm-hmm. One of those those true story things, right. um, and. We had to come up with not one but two pitches very quickly because we were being called in in person and had to pitch it in mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And I remembered this was a story that he had been kicking around for a while, and I said we should do that one. So he, you know, worked it out. Um, we talked it through, and then we went in and pitched it, and we got such an incredibly positive um, reaction from them. Mm-hmm. They're just like they were really surprised. We haven't even really told, I don't know if you want to tell, the, the log line of it all because it's very unusual. Um, should we tell the, the or is that He's too like, complicated? Do I remember it? He's like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Do I tell? You, it's yours, so I don't want to step on your toes. <laughs> well, I mean, just, I don't know what log, which, which there's a, anyway. About, um, about, about the, you know, the. It's basically about a, a, a kid whose DNA is found at uh, several murder sites and mm. he doesn't know how it got there. And um, there's a very there's a very high concept reason why his DNA is there, and that's was sort of the the. Um, that's what everybody this, flipped out over. Yeah, okay. At the, 
But it's that high, the high concept part of it is what I'd come up with originally. And the, the weird thing about that was I was like, okay, what do I do with this? This could be a Disney Channel sitcom mm -hmm. easily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, what framework do we put this concept in? And mm -hmm. it just ended up getting darker and darker and darker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like Cindy said earlier, I'm not, I don't love procedurals. There's mm -hmm. not really... You know, but this sort no, of no. It feels really character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what that's, it's meant yeah. to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's got a sort of a procedural element to it as okay. far as the series goes, mm -hmm. but um, definitely way more on the side of developing the characters out. Mm -hmm. Right. But oh, yeah, it could have been, like I said, it could have been a sitcom. Right. I mean, that's it could have been, you know. <laughs> it's a little tweaking. Him, go ahead. If you want. But you it's, let a, it's, a, it's a comedy, really juicy right? part for an actor. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's basically. Um, these two who did not know each other existed mm -hmm. actually find out over the course of the pilot that they're brothers that were raised by completely different families. So there's mm -hmm. a little bit of nature versus nurture going on. And mm -hmm. it's the idea of IVF these days that twins, identical twins, could be born seven years apart due to frozen embryos. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's what and it raised is. It's in basically yeah. it's two identical twins, except they're not identical. They're not identical. One's seven years older than the other one. <gasps> and, what? Uh, and, and they the both went of, to the and same. And the older one's in the throes of mental illness, right? And the younger one is starting to show to exhibit signs of right. mental illness. So you there's know, a lot of like, who really is the serial killer? Right. Is it either of them? Right. And what is their relationship going to be? And and uh, the woman is sort of caught between them. Who criminology professor? They both end up. They've both over the years gone through the same criminology program at UT wow. Austin and end up with her and so there's a love triangle of sorts you know mm -hmm. um but the question is you know in colleges and i actually knew some people who had um some mental illness problems in college mm -hmm. you know college the stress of college often causes schizophrenia yes. or borderline personality disorder i had a student recently with that um or um uh, you know, bipolar mm -hmm. disorder to kind of go full blown, right? Because the stresses of, of of college kind of put that. I and, had and a good friend age, that's gone through that. Well, so it's also I kind of the that. age realm. So, right. you know, that's so the, yeah. So, is the younger brother destined to follow the same footpath? You know, it's, that's where the nature mm -hmm. versus nurture mm -hmm. aspect comes in. Okay. Yeah, and there's a lot of it Can is very character. There's a lot of of character ramifications for our main character, who's the younger of the two brothers, finding out who he is and that he hasn't known who he is all along. There's some identity issues mm -hmm. and, and that ramifications for his other family members because of it. And mm -hmm. No, it's, it's tight. You know, it's, um, like you said, unfortunately, we both only got, you know, a few pages in. But I, I'm going to say I so know, because I want to wait like, I, the rest, I look the rest of it. Well, hopefully, we didn't spoil too much of it. No, it <laughs> no, no, no. It totally made sense because it, you left me at a place at the end of the teaser on curiosity, I wanted to keep yes. reading. I was well, like, "Why is he bloody? He doesn't even know why he's bloody." So what if you know what I mean? And how it's other and how the other people are reacting to him? And and he's like, "I don't know you, people. Mm -hmm. Why are you talking to me like you know me? Mm -hmm. You know?" And it's just like that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. yeah. And then if all goes well, you get to the end and go, "What the fuck happens yes. next?" You know, oh, which so is the, that's, that's response we've got. That's the know, goal. Yeah, that's what we're definitely is the goal. No, but we wanted to read that for the "Don't Sleep on Him" segment. Um, I love to do it when, when a guest comes on and mm -hmm. um, they're here and then we could talk about it and people can sh see the caliber of people we have on the show. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know what I mean? And you see, you don't just grab anybody off the street. No. <laughs> and, and people know Lisa and I you are... scripts, come here. <laughs> yeah. People know Lisa and I are really picky about writing and stuff like that, as you guys are, clearly. And um, so when we read something, it's got to be something we... 
Usually we read it cold. Yeah, most of the time we don't yeah. even. I don't even want to know what it is because my yeah. I want my reaction to be exactly how it is if when I'm reading yeah. for programs mm-hmm. or anything like that. But it was like when he sent it to me, he's like, "Well, read it." Some- oh, okay, and I just got back like from the beach, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." Get comfy. <laughs> Got a little dog. All right, we're about to be still. I'm about to read. And then I was like, uh, and third page, I was like, can you please ask them <laughs> if That's we can read reaction. this? Can you, can you ask them if we can read this? Thank yeah. you guys so much. I'm On so excited to hear that. I mean, that's the thing. The, the tough thing is, and, and this is like, you know, going back to me running for the board, this is one of the things that I'm trying to encourage you know, we can't make studio or network execs read. No. They just, for whatever reason, they mm-hmm. don't want to read, and it's really hard to get them to read. And, hey, I used to do that. I used to be a studio exec, and my reading was at night or on weekends on yeah. my own time. And they all have kids who play sure. soccer mm-hmm. and, you know, have laundry to do and grocery shopping. And I understand why they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And we all know that sometimes, like you were just saying, mm-hmm. scripts aren't that gripping or aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but, you know, people have the ability to stop reading at a certain point, too. I mean, you know, read five or ten pages mm-hmm. in and then say, okay, this is not yeah. grabbing me. Yeah. And that's why people like myself and some of my other friends, that's why we're making our own sizzles and trailers yeah. and stuff. So it's like, you're an executive, you don't have, let me show you this little three minute right quick. And people <laughs> you know are more I mean? likely. They're like, well, it's only three minutes, I'll take time for that, but I don't Absolutely. have time to read your whole script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, but I'm tr- what I'm trying to do, too, one of the things that I, when I get up on my little soapbox for running mm-hmm. for the board is trying to encourage um, some of the people, I mean, the, the nice thing about the Writers Guild is that a lot of our members are the hiring folks. Yeah. They're writer producers, they're mm-hmm. showrunners, especially now that 75% of our membership are writing in TV, on TV mm-hmm. series, True. and only mm-hmm. 25% in features. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more of us, mm-hmm. yep. Writers Guild members, who are hiring each other. So I just try to, you know, wave my flag and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and, and, you know, this the silliness of you know what age you are or what yeah. color skin you have or right. what gender you are anything else it should all be about mm-hmm. being on the page right yes. you know i have my little quote on my my facebook page is if it ain't on the page it ain't on the stage right you know? right because <laughs> right. I, I really feel that's the case and but it is challenging because people mm-hmm. have to take their own time and just hearing you know even how you're home from the beach and how mm-hmm. reluctant you are to pick it up and uh-huh. read but but it's so exciting. She also know I'm not going to give her something bad, though. <laughs> no, no, he's like, take this. I'm like, sure. I'm gonna... And I'm like, I was comfy. So I was exciting. Yeah. But you know what? That points out something, too, is you need somebody to kind of talk it up and get people mm-hmm. to read, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we can all kind of do that for each other more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I have. That's why a... we're in the competition. You know, that's why the yeah. Sundancing is so mm-hmm. great. Yeah. It's like, you know, to get the recognition, mm-hmm. to get somebody to pick up the script and read mm-hmm. it. Right. Well, here's the irony yeah. is. Lisa read the first three pages. I read the first three pages and said, let me send it to her. Yeah. You see what I mean? I love mm-hmm. that. And usually, I don't read anything, but I was like, well, let me just see if there's a passage in here that I can find. And I usually start <laughs> at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then I'll look through and see if there's a cool scene mm-hmm. that we could just read, mm-hmm. you know, just to, to be like, wow, look at how great this is, and let's talk about it. Yeah. And then, um, but I just read the first three, and I went... I'm just going to say that. It's like, I'm not going to get a cold read. Well, All right. Having, <laughs> this is the advantage of having been a reader. And Peter was a reader for years. Mm-hmm. We both read for NBC. We mm-hmm. both read for a bunch of production companies. Sure, we do too. In addition mm-hmm. to, you know, when I was working as a development exec at MGM, too. The advantage of having done that mm-hmm. is we know how important it is to grab mm-hmm. people in the first right. five pages, right. the first three pages, yeah. whatever. You need to grab mm-hmm. people and, like, root them to the seat right. and make sure. them read the rest of right. your project. So. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I tell this to my students. Your first, you know, three to five pages have to be 
really killer great, set up a whole lot of stuff, mm-hmm. mostly the characters mm-hmm. and the concept and right. get that across and what the conflict's mm-hmm. going to be. But then I say after that, then every page after that needs to be just as good right? because it can't fall well, off. You guys have like either. two big reversals in the first two pages. You kill <laughs> off the first two people we meet. Usually the first two people you meet you think are important. Uh, right. right. Or you know at least I mean? one of them is going to carry on to the yeah, next you know after the I mean? teaser. Yeah. You killed off the first two and I was like, okay, so it's her story. I'm like, that's, that's, where, that's where I start getting a little worried because yeah. I go, okay, now does it read like a procedural? Like, none of them made it past the, the teaser? The what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Because as a pilot, one of the things I'm always teaching people when they're writing a pilot is you have to establish you know, that this is kind of the format of the show. Mm-hmm. If there's any gimmicks or any tricks or anything you do, mm-hmm. me as a writer on the staff is thinking from the pilot, so we always open on something happening like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's how you guys want to continue going with the show. Well, we're dealing with a potential serial killer, so there's a lot of killing that can go on. Also, Absolutely. Um, when Peter sets up the, the criminology professor, she consults for the Austin, um, actually the um, FBI, isn't it? No, the Rangers, Texas Rangers, Rangers, sorry. Um, So she's gonna have cases like that. They're not all necessarily going to be this specific serial killer, but um, you know, so that's, I I think there's a lot of fertile ground. There's Mm -hmm. the ability to make it procedural, but I think it it should be clear from reading this pilot that it's always going to be be meant to um, really move the characters forward. The only thing that, you know, we've had a few people read it. The only thing that people have compared it to was the earlier season of Hannibal. I don't know what happened mm. with... Okay, I can it's, see it's that. It's gone in a, a yeah, little bit of a different Hannibal direction. A <laughs> yeah, but, but, but in terms of that relationship between Hannibal and Will mm. and, and just the darkness of the, the whole thing. I mean, it's very the character development and the savage things. Right. Are very right. different. And there was a woman involved in that early on. I mean, the mm. early part of that, it's kind of, you know, gone in a different direction now. But that's about the only comparison. But mm. we like that. I mean, it's, yeah. it was intriguing. But that's why us, the setting so. sometimes changes it. You know, that's why you have NCIS New York, and then yeah. you have Miami, then you have, right. you know what I mean, whatever, so that you yeah. can change the setting a little bit, and it feels a little different, even though it's the exact same format. Well, there's so much show. to work with in Texas, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really vibrant area, and... Um, and, and Austin is a really cool city. And you've yeah. got that music scene in Austin? Yeah. Oh, Come on. Oh, that food thing. The food yes. trucks there. Mm, yum. I mean, <laughs> and the bats, okay. the bats oh. flying out from under in the summer. All the right, bats we just set the show there because we want to hang out in Austin, okay? We admit yeah. it. One of, oh, my one God. Of, a really close friend of ours, somebody Peter used to work with at Warner Brothers, actually lives there um, now. And so, you know, when we've visited... Um, it's it's just a cool place. The mm-hmm. whole area is cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I like San Antonio I'm gonna, I'm down there with Houston. the old... Um, oh, in yeah. October for this new movie that I'm producing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So we opened the offices in like September, so yeah. we'll see. Nice. Yeah, I remember anyway. during the heat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The air conditioned yeah. offices, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys, Cindy, Peter. We appreciate it. Yes. Thanks thank you guys for coming on thank and hanging you. out with us. Awesome. You know, giving the kids some game out there. Yeah, um, good luck with the script. Them, we need yeah, it as a TV them show. About your script. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm hoping. Wish you guys can get on a, on a show because you guys should be producing on the show. Mm-hmm. You guys should be at that Thanks. level. Mm-hmm. No Thank doubt. you. Appreciate um, it. Mm-hmm. We would love to. I mean, I think there's so much exciting stuff happening in television, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And good luck on Sundance. That's yes. going to be huge. Sundance. You know, that'll really open up a door, I hope. I hope. That would mm-hmm. be great. You know, definitely. It's, it's one of those, it's an honor just to be nominated. Right. It's true. It's true. Right. We're sure. yeah, right. working it yeah. when we can. Yeah. 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 So. so where can people find you? Where are you at? 
Well, um, people can find me at the Writers Guild all too, all too often. <laughs> no, I mean, are you on? Anybody who's uh, a Writers Guild Twitter? member, please, uh, uh, you know, endorse me. I'm actually on Facebook. We're both on Facebook. Okay, that's probably. The... Are you under Cynthia or Cynthia? Cynthia, okay. yeah. Got a cute little picture of the Pomeranian Aww. on there. Aww. <laughs> Aww. What about you? Facebook also. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. There's another guy who has my same name who is a Nobel uh, winning prize winner from. Um, Switzerland. Yeah, I thought that me. was you. Yeah. It's not, that's not you. I would have said, I'm not, I'm said not that the too. Scientologist okay. and the other one. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna. We keep saying we're gonna do a website someday, you know, and put up Peter short films and yeah. you know some of our stuff. We just have we unfortunately have been too construction. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say we've been Mr. Computer on. Dude over there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. He's been busy writing. He's put his writer's hat on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Get it in. And where you at, Lisa? Where can we find oh, you? Oh, I'm always on the internet. Uh, most likely you find me on Twitter. I don't know why I'm laughing while I'm looking at you. As you're stroke, he's sitting there stroking his chin She's like, yes. He's still got that sunburn, tiredness. Uh, I see no, you. No, no, no. Yeah. Hey, no, I'm on Twitter uh, under my name. I'm also, you can find me on Bitchflix, where I do a lot of uh, film criticism with a feminist intersectional slant, mm-hmm. uh, usually every two weeks. So, uh you know, check me out. I'm always right. on there. And you can always find me on the hashtag either on Friday or Saturday nights. You can <laughs> find me on Saturday Night Sci-Fi or Friday mm-hmm. Night Horror. Exactly. So join us. It's free. It's fun. It's just watching movies and horror movies or sci-fi movies mm-hmm. and like talking about it and talking at each other globally. <laughs> so it is fun. They be getting in with the, with the black girl nerds and geek soul <laughs> yeah. brother and all them. They be going. There be a thousands of them going. Oh, there's one that's coming up. Oh, God. It's probably going to be too late. But we're... Um, uh, Black Girl Nerds and also I think it might be I can't remember the other person is doing it but they're doing oh it's under the, the hashtag is 80s 80s um, 80s live tweet okay. and the movie that we're doing um, we listen to me the movie that they're doing on the oh god I think it's next next Saturday but we're doing um, and join us it's going to be the Lost Boys Really? Yes. Wow, that's a good. So it's combining two things: one. the '80s yeah. stuff that we love, mm-hmm. and also the horror stuff. So mm-hmm. um, check out the '80s live tweet. Um, mm-hmm. Just hashtag '80s eight zero, mm-hmm. and then a small. Well, we're gonna S miss it because we already, we're dropping something else tomorrow. No, that's fine. It's totally yeah, fine. But we can still promote it. No, but no, that, no, 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 no. But they always have an '80s live tweet. There's yeah. always an '80s live tweet. So okay. just look for that hashtag and find out when the next one is. But it's always okay. a lot of fun. All right, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. And you guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool and shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to do his fake, his fake British accent. Speaking of that, Chris, no. Der- Chris Derrick just walked in over there. I, see I was just going to say, I. Uh, <laughs> the popular Derrick Brothers writing team. Um, Anyway, you guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest, so you guys can follow the show at ScreenwritersRR. Um, if you guys want to send us anything, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Special, special shout-out to a couple of the top countries. We are all over the place right now. Um, of course, United States, number one. UK, number two. Australia, Japan, Brazil, um, um, Lithuania. I'm always shocked when I see that word. Huge like Lithuania, <laughs> Canada. You know. Anyway, so just a few yeah. Brazil. You know, a few of you guys. We love you guys. Um, we think we appreciate the support. Um, and everybody in the states, we love you too. Um, so we do this little thing that she didn't do at the beginning. Um, well, I say we I keep it straight. Blind- we keep it opinionated. We keep it, we keep it 2015. Sometimes I'm just blinded so by the You guys brain. are going to join in with me on this. In case I mess it up is what you're telling me. That's what yes. you're really saying. Exactly. That's the subtext. <laughs> so on the rant room, we keep it street. Mm-hmm. We keep it opinionated. We, we keep it what? 2015. 2015. Y'all didn't even join. Oh, See? Oh, 2015. 15. Yay. Huh. 
Peter over there, like he late. can't say it. Peter still didn't come Fail. in. Fail. And and one last thing, shout out to the hatchery for letting us, you know, work out yes. here at the hatchery please, press over here. Please, please, come take advantage of the space. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Shit. Welcome to the ramble. 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 Ramble.